We have seen the Lord. We have touched the Lord. We have listened to him after his resurrection. And we're writing these things so our joy will be also yours. So many eyewitnesses testified that the Lord is alive, was alive. But not only in that first generation of Christians, many of them, again, who were martyrs, but also saints of all ages, of all times. We can think, for example, of Mother Teresa of Calcutta in one book that I read recently, this book reconstructed with her letters. So these are letters that she wrote to, his, to her um, spiritual director. She didn't want this letter to see the light, but after she was dead, they published them. And in one of them, she says, I have seen the Lord three times. She received these apparitions, and she saw him and spoke with him at least three times. And I think her testimony is trustworthy, right? You can think of Padre Pio, for example, this Italian saint of the 20th century, the beginning of the 20th century, who also saw the Lord many times, so much so that he had the stigmata in his own body. He was so identified with him that carried in his own, his own body the, the wounds of, of the Lord. But not only the big saints, so many Christians claim today, I'm sure you could claim something along these lines. We claim that we have a relationship with the Lord, that he speaks to us, that we know him, that we have this friendship with him, that we follow him, that he is important to us. So we are also witnesses of the Lord. And many people today see the Lord. For example, this is fresh for, you, for me to share with you. Last night, I was in this retreat with a group of men, and one of them was sharing his life story with me. It was a long story. I will make it short, but in a nutshell, you know, he grew up in a very rough situation. His father abandoned them. His mother struggled a lot with many different difficulties. So he pretty much grew alone and with a lot of bitterness and resentment towards his father and also to his mother. Once his mother told him that, I wish you were not born. So imagine how difficult it is to bear with those type of things. Anyways, long story short, he came to the US from Guatemala and you know, had his own family. And after many years, his father was ill, was brought to the US, and he was invited to, you know, to come and visit him in his deathbed. So he went, he felt that he had to, to go. For many years, he hadn't spoken with him or seen him in any way, shape, or form. And when he was entering to the room, someone that was in the room said to him, do you want to pray the rosary? And he was, has been away from the church all his life. Didn't even know what to pray the rosary was, really. So this person led him through the rosary. And he told me last night that in the middle of the rosary, he didn't know what happened, but he was in a different place. He saw like a mitts that was to his ankle. And then when he was looking around, he saw a lady was coming to him with a sweet voice. And she said to him, you are my little children, my little child. She took him by the hand, walked with him to a different place where he saw the Lord, the risen Lord. And she said to him, my little child, I want you to be with my son. 
but for that you have to forgive. So from that day on, he forgave, forgave his father and you know, came to Christ and his life completely changed. And this is a very simple man, really down to earth, concrete person, very trustworthy. So I was, I was curious, I said, what, what, what happened to you? You were praying the rosary. I don't know, I, I, was, I fainted, I guess. I was on the floor. But while I was fainting, I saw all this. And like that, I could share many stories. I, I'm just sharing this because it's the newest. I hear all the time people that claim that they have seen the Lord. I haven't seen him, have you? I would like to, yeah. But I believe that they have seen him because he's alive and he can choose to manifest himself. Often he chooses people who are more poor or humble. Why? I don't know, but he likes that in the gospel. Remember Matthew 11, I bless you, Father, because you have chosen the little ones to reveal these things. Maybe to humble us who have more education so that we also believe. I don't know. In any case, there are many witnesses of, of the risen Lord. And also we have the witness of the Holy Spirit who testifies from within. We know that the Lord is alive. And sometimes we, that certainty grows. It's like a light that shines the more when the Holy Spirit somehow does his work within us. This is very important because through these witnesses and from and through the witness of the Holy Spirit that works within us, we have come to receive the gift of faith. We have faith, which is amazing. It's a gift. And through faith, we can touch the Lord, like Thomas. We don't touch him now with our hand, but we touch him with our faith. It's faith the faith is like our hand, if you want, that we can stick into Jesus' wounds. Where and how can we touch the Lord? Where will we find him? This is a very important question because it's somehow, I think, the key of the Easter spirituality. You know, through Lent, we try to repent from our sins, purify us from our sins, discipline ourselves so that we can follow the Lord. But in Lent, we should try to be more attentive to the Lord, to the presence of the risen one, to his manifestations, in our life. We don't want to become worldly again in, in, in Easter or carnal again. No, we want to be watchful. Where is the Lord in my life? And I will offer with you seven places in which we could uh, look for him. These are taken from the tradition of the church. I haven't made them up. So the first one is Holy Scriptures. We know this. The Lord is in his word. We read the scriptures and he speaks to us. Great place to seek for him, the daily word. Second one, the Christian community. Thomas wasn't there with the community the first Sunday. He lost, he missed the Lord. And then he was there the following Sunday and, and he received the presence of the Lord. So whenever we are gathered in his name, we know that he is with us. Third, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is not only in his word, not only in the community, in among us, but also inside us. So we can do some silence in the middle of the day, close our eyes and say, Lord, what do you think about this? And then wait. He speaks to us. Fourth, creation. Jesus is somehow 
everywhere now because he's at the right of the Father, so somehow he fills creation. I was, this morning was a beautiful morning if you woke up early, and you know, I was reading the Bible in the deck of our house, sipping my mate, and saying, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day, and I felt the presence of God. I'm sure you have many experiences like this, right? God in creation, in the birds that are singing, and in the beauty of the day, they bring their messengers. It's not that he's a bird, but they're messengers of his presence. They, they bring something to us. The word that we see is a veil that we can go, you know, we can go through that veil to touch the Lord. Fifth, the providence of God. So many times we recognize that the Lord is with us through the things that happen to us. Two days ago, I was going with, with a group of students to, to a place, to a bar, I'm going to say. So we're going to, to this bar to celebrate someone's um, graduation. And I wanted to park, and it was full of cars. So I said, Lord, I need a park because I'm running late. And before you knew it, a car was pulling out, and I could park my car in the perfect space. Is that the providence of God? I believe it is. You don't believe? Try it. You know, the, the Lord works for us if we are, you know, doing things in good conscience and trying to seek his kingdom. And seven, the sacraments. And this is a powerful place to seek the Lord, the sacraments of the church, because he left to the church this gift, visible signs of his presence, efficacious signs of his presence, powerful signs of his presence. You know, the sacraments are like mediations to, to Jesus. They're not a thing in itself. They're not separate from the Lord. They are these bridges, these signs that somehow connect us to the Lord in different ways and in different situations of our life. They don't stand alone. They're nothing in themselves. In fact, in heaven, we won't have any sacraments because we will be with the Lord directly. We won't need them. But in this life, we do need them. They are points of entrance, if you want. If you read C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia, in each book, you, you find different points of entry to Narnia. Could be like a picture or like a hidden door. Well, the sacraments are something like that. Different entry points into the heart of the Lord that he left to the church. The Catechism says, the sacraments are powers that comes forth the body of Christ, which is ever-living and life-giving. They gush forth from the open side of the Lord. Of course, we need the gift of faith to unwrap the sacraments, to unwrap this gift. Without faith, you know, we just see the exterior, the bread, the wine, the water. But it is through faith that we can realize that the Lord is there, acting in a powerful way. And I want to finish by touching briefly in one of them, because throughout this Easter season, we're going to, with Father Joseph, preach about the sacraments. So each Sunday, we will unwrap one of the sacraments, and how can we somehow live better, you know, practice them in a better way, in a fruitful way. But today I want to say something about reconciliation because it's Divine Mercy Sunday. 
Of course, we need faith to understand reconciliation. Otherwise, it's just like a magical practice. But with faith, we realize that the Lord wanted to exercise his mercy in the church through the ministry of the priests. That's why he said to the apostles in the gospel that we just heard, receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you forgive are forgiven them and whose sins you retain are retained. Amazing that he wanted to share with human beings this power to forgive in the name of God. And when sins are forgiven in the name of God, the mercy of God flows into the life of that person. The Catechism says again, when the priest celebrates the sacrament of penance, he's fulfilling the ministry of the Good Shepherd who seeks the lost sheep, of the Father who awaits the prodigal son and welcomes him on his return, and of the just and impartial judge whose judgment is both just and merciful. It is really amazing that we have this sacrament because we know, as Catholics, that we can go to confession whenever we want, if you find the priest, no? But if you're lucky to find the priest, you can go to confession. How many times you can go to confession? Imagine if the Lord said, you have five times, five opportunities. So think well, when are you going to use them? Okay, maybe one before you die, and then you have four. So he didn't say that. He didn't say, like, I will forgive you four times or five. He said 70 times seven. We can always go to confession and receive his mercy. And his mercy strengthens us. Not only forgives us, but also builds us up, purifies us. We are better than before. Not only forgiven, but we are back on track with his grace within us. I think this is so amazing that sometimes we can take it for granted. Or sometimes we can abuse. I'm sure you don't do this, but you know, some people can say, oh, I can sin and then go to confession. Haven't we thought, done this, this at times? Today I just want to do this. Tomorrow I go to confession. We treat the sacrament as if it were like a thing. It's the Lord. It's our friend who is so merciful, so forgiven, we shouldn't abuse that friendship. But we should be open to receive it with this awe, with this sense of gratitude. How often should we go to confession? Well, the church says at least once a year. At least once a year. Or when you're in a mortal sin. But hopefully more often. Some people say once a month. It's very personal, right? But we have this access, sacramental access to the mercy of God. Let us renew our faith in Jesus present in our midst. Let us be thankful for the gift of faith and for the gift of mercy in this sacrament.